Yeah, a lot of people are getting it. Dot Katie, Dotsie, Lenore. What? Let's hear it from you. Oh, I dream of Jeannie. No. Bewitched. Bewitched. Sorry, I'm trying to do too many things. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. It's Bewitched. Yes. That's a good one. It is a good one. I watched Bewitched as a kid. Loved it. And. Yep. Is Bewitched the one where. Darren changes uh, halfway through the series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like one of those Roseanne Barr daughter changes and just the character just totally changes randomly. Yes. And I think Darren's like the first one to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I got it wrong. I'm looking at everybody's responses. Bewitched, bewitched. Mm-hmm. I dream of you. That's because that's what I first thought it was, to be honest. And I get those two mixed up often. Uh, so I don't blame you. Welcome everybody to Joel and Rob's podcast, where we usually explore. We make the road by walking, um, but once a week now, uh, during our global pandemic, we are exploring a different topic. And so we thought we would um, uh, turn a corner and talk a little bit about. Um, Anxiety. Uh, this has been um, uh, something that we feel that everybody can is feeling in some sense right now. Um, so anxiety and its um, and its good friend control and how they often uh, go together. How anxiety can often lead to some form of uh, control. Um, so last week, we uh, looked at Did God Cause COVID-19? If you missed that one, we encourage you to go back and listen or watch that. That's on our Facebook page. Um, but for today, let's take a look at anxiety and control, Rob. Yeah, anxiety um, can have many manifestations, but essentially what anxiety is is our response to fear, it's our response to worry, um, and uh, so the reason we want to explore it is because different people respond in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and anxiety can manifest itself in significantly different ways. Um, but one of the most common ways in which uh, it can manifest itself is through the desire or the, the need, almost the unconscious drive to control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but first, let's go. Let's step back a little bit from that into kind of some of the underlying um, symptoms of anxiety. But even before that, the 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 most obvious is what you would call a panic attack, and that's a very physiological response to anxiety, um, and has a you know a rather impending sense of panic as the name says, or doom, mm-hmm. you increased heart rate, you, you begin to breathe rapidly, you might hyperventilate, begin to sweat, even tremble. Mm. That's, a pan, that's a physiological panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one manifestation of it, but uh, th- there are many, many other <laughs> manifestations. 
feel nervous, feel restless, feel tense, um, have a sense of impending danger. You might, you might just feel weak or tired, have trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than what you're worrying about. Mm-hmm. Um, might have trouble sleeping. That's really common. Might have uh, gastrointestinal GI problems. Um, uh, and you might have the urge to simply just avoid anything that you know triggers your anxiety. So all of these are symptoms of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can probably all acknowledge that anxiety plays a role in our lives. Yes. Uh, the difference may be in how it manifests itself and the degree to which it manifests itself. But anxiety is present in everyone. Um, in in my life, I have sometimes had a hard time naming it as anxiety. It, it took me a while to um, uh, be okay to say, yes, what I'm feeling now is is a form of anxiety that's coming out in in how I'm acting. Um, but I'd say for most of my life, I, I wouldn't have named it as uh, anxiety. It's only recently that I would kind of say, yes, I'm feeling very anxious right now. Yeah. Um, I'll just share right off the bat that um, in my early 30s, I had two kids. I didn't have my third yet. Um, I felt like all of a sudden I was having real cardiac issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was strange. I exercised every day. I could get through, you know, a 60 minute workout without any problem at all. And then, you know, three hours later, it felt like there was a 100 pound dumbbell just sitting on my chest Mm. went to the doctor went through a battery of tests everything came back clear and then finally the cardiologist sat me down and said okay Rob everything is absolutely fine let's talk about your lifestyle you know not drinking excessively not smoking you know all those other things but then she started digging into kind of like my work my family life, two young kids at home, mm-hmm. different things, and said, okay, I'm going to diagnose you with generalized anxiety. Mm. Um, it, I mean, it has these physiological realities. I never once would have called myself an anxious person. Yeah. Um, I worried, but I, I would have never considered myself an anxious person. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, uh, once I kind of surrendered... <laughs> my ego to that and uh, began paying attention, realized just how anxious I was in that I tried to combat what was worrying me. My response to anxiety is to try to control it, Mm -hmm. to to do what we're going to talk about today. It's to, you know, if somebody has a problem with me, I want to go and talk about it right away. Mm -hmm. I want to address it. I want to confront it. I want to uh, I want to try and tackle it um, but that's not because I'm tough or enjoy conflict I'm not and I don't <laughs> you know I, it, it is it is the way I've learned to try and mitigate my own fear my own anxiety mm. I will spend the next umpteen hours or days obsessing about it in my head saying oh I have to have this conversation or you know, and so yeah. 
my modality of dealing with it is control. But the control is symptomatic of the anxiety, if that makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then there are those who don't respond uh, to their anxiety that way. A phrase that you might have heard kind of just, it's not, a, I don't think it's a professional phrase, but anxiety paralysis. Yeah. Where you get so overwhelmed that you just kind of shut down. Yeah. And you don't do. Like, so kind of the opposite approach, right, of control. Yeah. Just to kind of, like, I, I am so overwhelmed by this, I'm really not sure where to begin. Yep. What to do. So I'm just not going to begin. And that's probably where I where I land. So it's interesting that we both um, we both try and deal with our anxiety in very different ways. You yeah. you um, try and move towards it and try and control it as much as you can and I uh, detach and sometimes can uh, don't know where to start and might just put it aside and not address it and not deal with it. Um, so it's fitting that we both come to this and we each we each deal with our anxiety in different ways. Yeah. Yep. And and you folks at home are going to deal with your anxiety in your own ways. These are just two of the most common and, and most prevalent responses. Uh, and it's not that there's a right and a wrong. Uh, I think the goal is to be aware of what's going on around us yeah. and aware of what's going on within us so that we can better respond to things instead of having our, our responses be, you know, unexamined and unintentional, get to a place where we're able to respond with a little bit more intentionality. Yeah. Yep. So, and I, uh, that, that, that's a good point you bring up and I would share that that's been a journey for me to be able to stop and pause and slow down and try and figure out what I'm feeling and um, where this anxiety is coming from. Uh, Sometimes I have a hard time uh, naming exactly where it originated from. Um, And so that's been my own work to... um, pause and say why why am I feeling this way um, what what really like, kind of dig in a little bit and grab a shovel and like what about that situation or what what a, what about that moment or experience or conversation that really caused the anxiety and that that sometimes takes a little time and at least for me it has um, no, thank you for saying that. That was really well said because what's going on right now is a reality we're all experiencing, right, with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And what COVID-19 is slapping us in the face with is the reality that we're actually not in control. Yeah. Right? Um, there are issues going on around us and things that are happening to us that we did not cause and we cannot prevent. Um, and that is incredibly anxiety-producing. Uh, it's it's a reality. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. We, we don't know if it's going to touch us personally and affect our health, our loved one's health. Some of us have already experienced real loss in this, um, whether it's loss of family or loss of income, um, 
I mean, there are real things uh, to fear here and mm-hmm. a real worry that this is causing. There's, there's grief and there's lots and lots of anxiety with this. But the anxiety can manifest itself in ways that have nothing to really seemingly direct connection with mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, in your relationships, in your, ta- in your daily tasks, um, and, and like those symptoms before, even feeling exhausted and tired. I mean, I, I have spoken to so many people who are really doing very little other than staying home and feeling like every day um, is more boring than the last <laughs> and they feel somewhat, I wouldn't say useless. I don't think useless would be the word that they would use, but aimless, aimless. Mm-hmm. They also share that they feel utterly exhausted yeah you know yeah that's a response to it and and again I, I would share that my go-to response is control mm-hmm. okay? so when this all first started happening I'll just share with folks this is what I did I immediately started pouring myself into the church's communications ministry mm-hmm. you know 65 70 hour weeks first three weeks of this, just diving headfirst into this because I could control that, mm-hmm. right? I could work on our communication ministries. That was something I could do. Um, and it was around the third week when I was just really exhausted from it and frustrated with it, I began to pull out of it realizing, mm, I wasn't doing this because it had to be done. Mm doing this because it was something for me to do and something for me to control. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not, that's not a horrible thing, but doing it unaware of why you're doing it is never really the ideal. It's always better to understand, okay, I'm going to spend some time doing this and this is why I'm going to spend this time doing this. Mm -hmm. That's a healthier approach to your anxiety. Yeah. So uh, it reminds me of when the Philadelphia Eagles lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We could spend a lot of time talking about that if you want to. No, 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 because they later came back and beat the Patriots and won Super Bowl Fifty Two. Oh, right, that Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought you wanted to talk yeah. about the first one. No, but the one that they lost, I needed, mm-hmm. a, I needed a place to grieve. Yep. And I realized I needed something to control. And that was actually one of my healthier moments. Why? Because I don't have a whole lot of sentimental attachment to the Eagles as much as I actually say I love them. They're not my family. You know, they're not my best friend. So, uh, but I realized I was upset about it. So what did I do? I decided to paint our downstairs bathroom. Mm-hmm. It was something I could do. It was something I could control. Yeah. Um, but I knew why I was doing it. When I dove into the communication <laughs> ministries and spent so many hours on it, I didn't really realize why I was doing it. I mm. thought I was doing it because it needed to be done. And sure, it, it we did some of it. Yeah, not we didn't. I didn't need to to dive into the depths of the waters that we ended up going into. Yeah, that's just the reality of it. That's anxiety. Mm. Yep. Well, we have discovered. Um, over the last month and a half um, how not in control um, life can be. And we usually figure that out when something happens in our life that's got some major weight to it. Um, Something that's 
that can lead us to some point of suffering um, or just not life not going how we want it to go in a certain circumstance. But this has been, um, in, in many ways, this kind of daily reminder of how in control, or sorry, the lack of control that we have in our lives right now. Um, so um, uh, I felt this on on Sunday morning with the huge amount of work you yourself has poured into making sure our tech goes off and then it's all set and then something happens that's out of our hands, out of your hands. Um, and it it freezes up for some reason. Uh, the, the internet goes goes down. I mean, there are... Um, I, I, I've seen this as a constant tutorial of <laughs> life and maybe even God saying, you ultimately are in control of very little in your life. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes these moments for us um, to have that message kind of preached to us in some ways. Really well said, because the truth is we don't want to admit how vulnerable we are. We don't want to admit how fragile um, not only we, but our whole community really is. We're, you know, humanity's been around for a few thousand of years of the church of the, excuse me, of the earth's, you know, what is it, millions of years. We're, we're still we tend to think we're invincible. COVID-19 is real clear proof. No. We're actually a new addition to the history of this world we live in. We are. And and this is a painful reminder of how fragile the whole thing is and how, how fragile it's held together. I mean, how fragile the interconnectedness is. But we are interconnected. And that's crucial as well, which is why we also need, amid our anxiety, to understand that you know, as Paul says so well, one, you know, in the body of Christ, one person's pain is another person's pain. One person's joy is another person's joy. Mm. We, we, because we so want to control things, we tend to hunker down and become like these independent, isolated people. Mm. Um, when the truth is, it's not how we've been created to be. We've been created to need each other. Mm. Um, and we've been created to need what others have to give us just as we've been created to give what other people need from us. And so one of the problems with anxiety and the need to control is that when it goes unchecked, the anxiety leads us into a state of simply worrying about our own needs, Mm. not the needs of those around us. And that's, so anxiety has two really bad pulls polarities, right? And the one is when it leads to to your own ill health. But the other is when it leads to the ill health of your system or of your community. Um, And we in the church kind of get a bird's eye view of that, right? Mm. Like we, you and I, just for our listeners, pastors get a real bird's eye view of this on a lot of Sunday mornings. It's, you know, uh, we'll have, um, you know, a preacher, uh, really appreciate um, your sermon today, that's exactly what we need more of, followed by preacher, uh, you really shouldn't be preaching politics from the pulpit, that was very inappropriate, you need to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, neither is throwing rocks at us, but both of those 
both of those comments have an element of anxiety in them. Mm-hmm. It's about trying to shape uh, some of what's coming in the church. And it's not an necessarily an inappropriate thing. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the ways in which you and I kind of get a bird's eye view of how this plays out, I think Towson Presbyterian is a very healthy church. I've seen, not necessarily served, but seen other churches that end up going into what are known as worship wars, where you end up having these fights over the direction of worship or the direction of a, of a ministry or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, because people feel passionately about something. And where passion exists, so too does anxiety, you know, with the height of emotion and the desire to control. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I think what the faithful response is or what the, health, the healthy and the faithful kind of go together here. Um, I would say the first step is simply admitting your fear, admitting what you're anxious about. Like you said, doing some work and trying to uncover what's at the root of this. Yeah. Um, and admitting your own powerlessness. It's yep. truly effective. With COVID-19, for example, we can control if we go out of our house. We can control if we wear masks. We can control what we clean and what we don't. We can control how close we get to people outside our house. Mm. But we can't control what our neighbors do. We can't control when the governor is going to open things up. We can't control uh, whether the bus we ride on or whether the, uh, the restaurant chair we sit in has been properly sanitized. Um, we can't control how, um, just generally, what people think and feel and do around us. That's exactly right. It's a clear manifestation of it. And, uh, and, you, and you pull that out to the bigger point, which is where you're going. That's so important. It's not. This isn't just about COVID-19. This is about everything. You can't control what people think of us. And what you can do, the one thing you can control is... In some ways, yourself and your own, you can regulate your own emotions and you can um, think about your own actions. I think that's what was helpful for me um, uh, if I've been in maybe some sense of conflict. Um, Finally, somebody pointed out to me that I was trying to control someone that I was in conflict with. And they finally, it kind of got in my head of, I, I can't, con- I'm trying to control their actions and what they think and what they do and how they react to me. I really can't do that. And so you can, at least I, I found for myself, when I do get to a place of letting go of control, and this for me has been, <laughs> it's been very hard and it's, a, it's almost a constant practice. Uh, it's not just a one-time thing, but it can be very freeing. It can be, you, you can almost feel kind of the, the, feel what you're trying to hang on to, as we described in, on Easter of Mary holding on to Jesus, trying holding on to something. When you get to that place, there is a lot of freedom there um, by giving yourself permission to let go uh, and only and realize you can only control so much. 
giving yourself the freedom not to be in control of it, not to, because you're not. Stop living in the illusion that you are. Give yourself the freedom to know, no, that's, that's not mine to control. That's a heavy burden that a lot of people carry. Yeah. It's a heavy burden that I carry. Like, yeah. thinking that this is my sole responsibility. I'm in control of this. No, Rob. Hmm. No, you're not. Yeah. And, and theologically speaking, and this is where the faith response comes into this, friends. You know, there's, there's a word to it. We don't like the word. Because I think the word, according to the world, uh, connotes weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a faith perspective, this is called surrender. Um, and it is incredibly important in the realm of anxiety and fear and, but I would also take it a step beyond that. It's incredibly important in the realm of, of what I call discernment. Yeah. Um, and the, the separation there is decisions are things we make, right? We decide what to do. Discernment is the act of uncovering. In, in the faith perspective, it's the act of uncovering what has been... Um, what you have been led to. Um, so from a place of surrender, we are not seeking to make decisions. We are seeking to discern where God would have us go and what God is asking us to do. Hmm. We can always choose not to do that, but surrender means, okay, I'm going to set my own priorities and pursuits aside so that I can discern where I'm going. Um, then that becomes a path of real freedom, actually, uh, because you're not trying to control all these other extracurricular things that were never really yours to control anyway. Yeah. Your path as a, as a disciple is is to go where God is leading you. That's really well said, and it speaks to what we've been um, uh, doing on Tuesday nights with our spiritual practices, um, that we've been essentially inviting people to um, slow down, quiet themselves, and then look back uh, upon their days. So the examine prayer has been one we did last night. And, um, and to do that, to do that with God, um, and there's a form of surrendering that happens in the examine prayer, where you're inviting God to essentially come in, lead and guide and direct you to something that you need to uh, dig up a little bit and explore further. Um, so prayer, I think when we get to this stage, prayer is, um, when, when it's not just us doing the talking, prayer can become a form of surrendering, of letting go of control and letting God um, initiate and lead and guide. Um, and so I think the prayer practice we've been talking about too, and the need for them, um, is when I am doing fairly well practicing them, taking just some time during the day to try and practice them. I find that they do, it does seep into the rest of the day. Uh, and I think this is an opportunity for us too, talking about anxiety and control, is the regular practice of spiritual practices 
Um, as we've said, it might not be the, the euphoria moment in the, in the moment, but um, they can impact you for the rest of the day, help you to slow down, to pause, to look back on your day, to note what you're feeling, and to look for the Spirit of God in that moment. Because we say this all the time, <clears throat> it's the heart of Christianity, Jesus, that God is with us. And these spiritual practices are a way for us to begin to see that a little more throughout our days, that it's not just a mental idea or belief, but it is something that is actually happening throughout our day. Mm. Really well said. Yep. Yeah. These are, friends, anxious times. Um, and, and this is not to say that this is going to take the anxiety away. This is simply a pathway of healing slash hoping um, in an intentional way with that. And, and from a perspective of faith. Yeah. And, uh, and that's really ultimately, I think, just about the best we can do as disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, faith is not one among the many things of life. Faith is the lens through which we look at all of life, including what we fear mm-hmm. and including our anxious responses. Mm. Thank you. Well said. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Um, We look forward to seeing you on Sunday, being with you on Sunday. Uh, Rob and I will be back next Monday where we'll take on a new chapter and we'll make the road by walking. We miss you. We look forward to that day. We'll be back together in person. But until then, we look forward to these virtual gatherings with you. Take care, everybody. Thanks, friends.